What if you were born with a disease that you always knew would kill you? And then what if all of a sudden you were given a second chance? Well, that's exactly what happened to me. And it's the question that we explore on the new podcast series, Breathless from Snack Labs. Join me, Jeremy Saunders, for a series that explores what it means to live and die, to love and to lose, and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now, wherever you get your podcasts. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello, beautiful people. Although we're only several weeks in and still an itty-bitty podcast... Uh, The support you've shown by tuning in, engaging with us, spreading the word has been overwhelming, to say the least. With your help, we have managed to build up this very vocal and very sexy little community, uh, which is why Bridie and I here at Termion are looking for your help. If you dig what we're doing and you have 30 seconds of free time today, it would mean the absolute world to us if you would fill out an anonymous survey The survey helps us get to know all of you a little bit better and also uh, brings us one step closer to finding advertisers for the show. So head on over to survey.libsyn.com slash turn me on. It literally takes no time at all, four or five questions max. And again, just 30 seconds of your day could help Bridie and I take this sweet little married project of ours and bring it to the next level. So again, that's survey.libsyn.com. L-I-B-S-Y-N dot com slash turn me on. Um, there's no www dot there. Just survey dot dot com slash turn me on. Thank you all so much. And on with the show. Hello, baby. Hello, my love. Ready to talk about some sex? Mm-hmm. 
Tuesday morning. Tuesday morning sex talk. <laughs> yeah. What better time? Here, you uh, you vamp there for a second. What are we going to talk about? I'm going to fuck with your levels. What do you mean I vamped? I don't know what that means. Like I shot up off the Pretty scale? sure that's an industry term. If you vamp, you're... Uh, you're you're just kind of filling time with your sexy voice. Oh, okay. Oh, I see. I wouldn't know because I'm not an industry professional. You're in it now. <laughs> hey, actually, speaking of sexy voice, have I told you? I have told you, I think. We've been getting so much um people so many people writing in just telling us how sexy they think your voice is. Oh my god, I just had an amazing idea. What's that? Okay. Okay. Sorry to just jump right into this, but you know how we've been talking about um, maybe running a retreat around this time next year? We have. For for some sexy couples. Oh my God. Okay, I can't now, believe you just, you just announced that. Well, here's the thing. Publicly. We don't know the days. We don't know the location, but just, just put in, plant the seed for people who are listening. Plant the seed, a little retreat in Mexico. Just, you know, hey, it's a giant we, orgy. Who knows? <laughs> who knows what it will really be? Okay. Well, um... That's not how exactly how I see it, but you know we've been talking about this, and we're both yoga teachers, and then we both do this podcast. And I was like, "What else could we offer?" And I was like, "You just said that, and I also like do voice coaching, so maybe we maybe that could be a workshop." How to find your inner sexual voice? Yeah, geez, I like that. I I feel a little bit um, uh, self conscious actually now that everyone thinks that your voice is really sexy. So. <clears throat> All right, babe. I'm going to do this entire podcast uh, with my best uh, Matthew McConaughey voice because I started watching True Detective season one again, and uh, that's pretty much what I'm going to do. So, what do you want to talk about today, Brody? Um, no, I'm, I'm fucking embarrassed for myself. I'm not embarrassed. I just wish <laughs> Matthew McConaughey was like here. Here, uh, he's such a babe. He. Is such a babe. Um, Something interesting <coughs> that happened in our kitchen the other day, actually, that um, I wanted to mention because it came up again this morning. Um, oh, yeah? Is, yeah, is the topic of hand jobs. <laughs> because, um, so we have a we have a mutual friend that was around here the other day when my friend Guy was visiting. Ah, uh, Guy was at the house, was he? <laughs> <laughs> Just hang on, okay? Let me get through this. Uh, May we. And our mutual friend is um, is a, a queer woman who is maybe exploring the idea of exploring a man's body um, for the first time. Ooh, for the I, first time. I wow. don't know if it's for the first time, but anyhow. But, but n- not the huge. Not the huge. And um, we were talking about giving lessons in particular sex acts. And she was saying she got a lesson in in how to give a hand job. And a, a professional lesson or like, no, a, like a from a friend. Okay, got it. Yeah. Um and and uh she got it on, on her forearm. She was demonstrated on her forearm this hand job. Which is <laughs> That's quite interesting. A, interesting. Yeah. Anyhow, pretty sensual uh, practice I could imagine. Yeah. Um but also like the girth of a forearm is That's a big dick. <laughs> Just in case you're not sure. That's a huge cock. Yeah, if your cock is not the width (laughs) of your forearm, that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Okay? Yeah. Okay, so, but then Keeve's like, who gives a fuck about handjobs? Now, Gee said who gives a fuck about handjobs? Well, no, he didn't say it like that because he's French-Canadian, so. (laughs) (laughs) Who gives a fuck about la (laughs) handjob? 
<laughs> uh, man, I love a good hand job. Okay, right? Yeah. And so does Guy, as uh, we found out a little uh, bit later. Uh, uh, you proved Guy. Yeah. You changed Guy's views. Yeah, I okay. did. And then I got asked for one this morning. Distally? Distally? Distally, he's far from me. He's not in the same place, the he same room. He was just room. like, can you, you just... come over and give me one of those hand jobs again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was great. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I, it just makes me wonder, like, it made me start thinking about all the, the benefits and merits of a hand job, and I think they're really underrated. They, I think they are really underrated. I mean, you know, <clears throat> I think uh, the blow job is the one that – it comes to mind when people think, what is the like king of foreplay for, for guys? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the blowjob generally would pop up in, in people's minds, but the hand job is very underrated. I mean, I like getting one. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. I, my favorite thing in a hand job is eye contact. I've been really big into eye contact uh, lately. And there's something intense. It is really intense. And the thing about a blow, a blow job, eye contact with a blow job, classic. It's great. It's always great. Yeah. But with a with a hand job, you can get really close. Yeah. Eye contact. Yeah. And that's man, that's super intense. My my kind of one of my favorite tactics to use when giving a hand job is like you said the eye contact is, is, is really great. Is it this one where you take your hands so like you're <clears throat> people can't see it but uh, maybe they'll be able to hear it like you're 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 jerking off like this like yeah. at a rhythm and then you take your hands apart and go with the head in the middle. And then it looks you like can't you're... really, you might be able to hear this, but I'm, I'm grinding my hands together. Oh, do you know what that looks like? You remember that old song, I'm picking up a baby bumblebee, and it <laughs> yeah. ends up like, cr- you crush yeah. it and you yeah, spread it the, on a sandwich. That's right, but the dick is the bumblebee. Yeah. Is that the technique you're talking uh, about? Uh, it's funny, no, I graduated from that recently <laughs> um, because I was getting some poor uh, Yelp reviews. Um, but uh, what I was going to say is, so when the hand job is being given there is that there is that kind of like hunger for more like touch mm. you know and so there's like that wait on whose end well, on your end no i think on the person receiving oh, at, at okay. least at least what i what i get is like there's like hand like grab you're being grabbed out a little bit or like you know the eye contact is there but also the the desire to like put your kiss the person oh yeah or put your and mine is like denying that whoa See, um, that would drive me nuts. Like being right there, yeah, like just, but not letting just, it. just, and just like maybe occasionally a yeah. little bit, a little bit here and there, but mostly just keeping a particular distance. Yeah, I find a hand job too. Like in those moments, that that feeling of like grabbing and, and what, it's like that's the feeling of like I I have to be in you now. Yeah. Like this has to just transition to something else. Yeah. Because it's too good. Yeah. You know, it's too good. Yeah. Uh, it, just a little tip for um, our mutual friend, if, if she's listening right now. I don't know how that lesson went over. Um, I hope it went well with the forearm jacking. Um, but one thing that I would say, and maybe maybe this is just personal, I don't know, but I, I feel like it's probably universal, is definitely stay away from the dry hand job. Because here's the, okay, well, you might have something to say there. Okay, well, here's what I have to say. I can give myself a dry hand job and everything is totally fine. Um, but I know I've like grown up with this dick my entire life and I know it very well. And 
I had a late circumcision. I've been circumcised since whatever, like 16. Now, if I didn't have a circumcision, if I was uncircumcised, I feel like a dry hand job wouldn't be that big of a deal. But like if anybody is touching the, the head of my penis with a dry hand or like a clammy hand, that's even worse. Oh man, that's a little awful. It's like, it's just straight up awful. So I feel like it's got to be, I don't know, the wetter, the better. Okay. So my first thing is, oh, now I have another thing to say to that. My first thing is let's always never speak on universal terms because... No, because it, it is very different for everyone. I'm sure yeah. there's someone out there who's like, I love my hand jobs with sandpaper. Yeah, and or but, I love the head of my dick crushed up like a bumblebee <laughs> um, in that old childhood song. That's right. But, uh, okay, so definitely <coughs> I like it to be wet. I think it can be too wet. But, okay, so yeah, that was my only thing is like sometimes... It, um, I've noticed How's a difference with wet? with um, with uncircumcised men. I seem to be able to get away with a little less saliva. Uh, un- oh yeah, yeah. See, that totally makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. All right. Well, I hope uh, I hope our friend goes graduates from uh, jerking off their friend's forearms to um, somebody's penis the size of a forearm. Uh-huh. Also. Just want to say it's probably more intuitive than you might think. Um, giving a good one. You know what? You, you, uh, if we ever did do this um, uh, retreat thing. Don't say if we ever. When, when we do this retreat Stay thing. Stay tuned. Uh, you would give a pretty solid uh, handy and blowy workshop. You've got some skills. Oh. Um, well. Yeah. Just saying. Share it with the world. Just putting baby. that out to the world. Uh, okay, let's move on to some listener mail. Uh, we got a message from a a lovely uh, lady named Kay, um, and she says, "And this one's for you, Bridie. I think not her real name, by the way. Uh, yeah, that's well, that's her. Anyway, uh, thank you for being so brave and naughty to share your incredibly interesting and admirable life with a bunch of strangers, and also probably your closest friends." It makes me want to be even more open, and I really appreciate your open minds. I would loofah love some advice on how to approach finding a female to add into the bedroom, preferably not Tinder or anything social media related. I'm certainly not lacking sexually charged, strong, adventurous women whom I see around my town. However, I am nervous to bring a friend or even an acquaintance into my relationship due to past bad experiences. My boyfriend enjoys watching me seek out a female, and I'm just not really sure how to go about this without a lot of alcohol being involved, and I just really enjoy sober sex. I look forward to the podcast every week to hear what else is brewing up in your guys' naughty world, and also what kind of turn-on it will give me this time around. Nice. Uh, Blah, 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 blah. Thank you so much. Jeremy sounds like you scored yourself a pretty sweet life setup. Yeah, that's right. All right. Thanks, Kate. So what do you think? Um, here's, here's what I would say, and this is just a real quick off the top, but I, I feel like you're, you're the one who probably could give the better answer because it's just the female setup. But if I was in the position where I was like, okay, I want to add someone to the bedroom, but I had these stipulations where I can't do it through social media cause I just don't want to. And I don't want to be drunk because I enjoy the sober sex. And this is why I'm saying this is I went through this period where I I couldn't drink much alcohol because I was uh, on a medication where I couldn't drink. And I love being social 
and I love going out and I for sure love drinking, but I couldn't. So I forced myself out into these social situations, like going to whatever the seahorse or, uh, you know, good robot or some show or whatever. And instead of drinking, I would just, uh, <laughs> I would just pound caffeine to myself. Yeah. So I'd drink a Red Bull or I'd drink like, I'd just be drinking coffee all night. And, um, I was still able to like keep up socially because you know, when everybody around you is drunk and their inhibitions drop and they're just like having a really good time when you're super sober, sometimes it's a huge, it's super annoying or like kind of a bummer and you can't really be around it. At least that's how it feels for me. And so if, if I go out and get like mega caffeinated, I'd be like, Ooh, all right. Yeah. Like I got this. I can do this. Like, this is fun. So I feel like maybe just going to a normal kind of whatever your weekend vibe is, you know, going to like the bar, going to a show with some friends, jack up on caffeine, scope out a real pretty gal. And take advantage of her. And ta- <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> there you have it, Kay. <laughs> but, okay, so I'm going to build on that um, because I think that's really great advice. And um, I've been there too. And I, I think that there is something that, yes, can be really annoying about being around a bunch of drunk people, but also can be really fun. You can get that kind of contact yeah. drunk from them and yeah. kind of get silly too. Mm-hmm. But you're also in a position where you're sober. So you well, probably I, I have a I definitely didn't. Also, I just want to clarify. I definitely didn't mean scope out the drunkest girl at the bar <laughs> and go and see if she'll come home with you and your boyfriend. Uh, for sure, be a fucking reasonable, like, good human being and use your judgment. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, God. Okay, and I know that's not what you meant. Um, I was just picking at you. But, um, but, but it might not be a bad time to pitch the idea to someone to talk to them about it at a later time because the benefit of like when uh, they, you know, when everyone's drinking is like, you can kind of let your inhibitions down and say things that you might not ordinarily feel comfortable saying. So you ah. under the, under the guise of being also intoxicated with yeah, everyone. Cause everybody else's inhibitions are lowered. Yeah. So you kind of have permission to lower your own yeah. without judgment. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So you can That's say, cool. Hey, my partner and I have been watching you from across the bar and we're interested to see if you might want to talk about a time in the bedroom with us at yeah. some point. And then you can gauge their, if they're like, fuck no, then you know, they're probably yeah. not going to be into it sober. But if they're like, Oh yeah, I'm into it. And you're like, all right, well let's, let's, uh, let's yeah. make sure we talk about this. And here's the other thing. She, uh, Kay was saying that she doesn't have any interest in, in friends or even acquaintances mm-hmm. being involved in this. So it's like, you got nothing to lose. Yeah. If you fucking bring that up and to a, to a complete stranger who you're attracted to and you think that they would be, you know, a good score. Yeah. Um, and they go, ugh, no. I mean, really. No you loss. Just, yeah, you just take that and go, huh, all right. All right well, not you. Not you. Um, Move on to the next. And the thing is, is like in this particular scenario, you are creating a relationship with this person for the sole purpose of having them be the third in your bedroom. And you don't want to just meet some. I don't think, I mean, I don't want to say you don't want. I don't know what you want. I don't even know you, but you could, I'm just going to say, you want to make sure that um, you trust this person um, because whether or not they're a friend of yours, things can go down in the threesome situation that um, you need to be able to 
be sure that if you say, hey, hold the phone, I'm not really into this right now, that yeah. I respect you. Yeah, well, that's where communication and everything comes into play, right? Yeah, so you have to have a little bit of a relationship with this person, mm-hmm. even if they're not a bud. Um, so, yeah, initiate while they're drunk and build the relationship together. And that's all part of the foreplay. Mm. Even mm-hmm. if it never materializes with that person, you're building the ability to communicate those kinds of wants. And yeah. Um, okay. Well, I hope that helps. Uh, and Hey, if you're listening and you're like, God damn, that was some real solid advice, Jer. Uh, I want to, I want you to answer my questions. Uh, send us your, your questions. You can go on over to our, our website. We've got a contact us form, or of course you can email us at term at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram or Twitter, uh, or Facebook. Or if you want to get a bride, it's, what do you, what do you, be peace? What's your uh, Instagram handle, Brady? Uh, at just at Brady McLean. There you go, at Brady But you're McLean. kind of making my head explode right now. At Jeremy you know, Saunders. Oh, there's so many channels. No, um, I just need one yeah. concise Oh, we got them all. We got them all. They're no. going to come in, in from everywhere. Oh, my God. Um, this week's episode is, um, it is a biggie. It's a doozy. We get into some uh, topics that are a little bit... Um, you know, I'm just going to put a, a, a little like trigger warning out there. We talk about molestation a little bit. Um, and we talk to our friend, uh, Andrew, who is an absolute fucking gem. Uh, I love this conversation, but it definitely dives into some topics that might make you feel a little icky. Uh, but don't let that stop you from listening because no. it's one of the best conversations that we've had to date and I'm really excited about it. So Ears wide open, mind wide open, let's go. See you on the other side. going for quality oh yeah this is it we don't fuck around all right we well we do well and that's we what we're here to talk about <laughs> yeah. good segue Bridie. <laughs> we are here to talk about fucking um before we get talk to andrew you don't like that word do you fucking um i don't love it when it's used as an expletive to express anger Oh, okay. I but love you, it in the context to context that we're talking fucking. about it. Yeah. Okay. What if you're hate fucking someone? Like, are you fucking fucking? Oh yeah. If you're fucking fucking, <laughs> if you're fucking fucking, <laughs> then that's like double sexy. Uh, Andrew, when was the last time you hate fucked someone? Um, <clears throat> that's a that's that's a good one. Um, I don't think I've ever hate fucked because the minute oh yeah the minute we're inside of each other, it's hard to hate someone. Yeah. But I've always wanted to. And uh, actually, like with my most recent ex, I was like, "Well, maybe we can get together and hate fuck." And he's like, "But I don't hate you." And so I've been trying but so hard to make him hate really? me, but no. it's not working. You're like, "Great, but I'll fuck you though." <laughs> yeah, and exactly. Then- <laughs> um, so Andrew, you are uh, we're we're old pals. We we met through uh, doing some yoga. Yeah. Um, uh, you, that's how the three of us know each other. Actually, yeah, Andrew, you were in yeah. Brazil with me my I first time Brazil. there. Right. My I first mean, training. I knew all about you before then. But yeah. How? Oh, from Jeremy. Oh, wait. Well, I've had a crush on you. Uh, <laughs> you were a public icon. You were a yoga teacher. So oh, I was oh, in the back room oh. and you were, you know, <laughs> uh, So you've been around. Room. You've been around in our, you've been like around in our kind of social circles for a while. We We kind of know each other. Um, on a on a deeper level than you know your average kind of like acquaintance, we're yeah. we're friends. Yeah, um, and you are uh, you identify as a gay male. 
Well, what do you, what do you identify as? That's, I'm confused. I'm actually here. I was hoping to find some clarity through therapy. Are you, this is free, right? Oh yeah, absolutely, 100%. absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah, I I could. I mean, if you if you look back at my track record, I'm I'm pretty fucking gay. Yeah. Um, but I think I think that there's comfort in identity, and I think that beyond sex, that's what we scramble to find is identity and sexuality is such a strong way to identify yourself. So the minute you can put a label on it, then, I mean, you're only boxing yourself in Yeah. and, uh, and it, before you know, it becomes a habit. So yeah, yeah. I have a habit of being gay. Yeah. I mean, and uh, that's, I like that. I have a habit of being gay. I have a habit of being straight. Yeah, I, I, I do. Cause like, this is an interesting thing that's come up in, um, for myself in the last uh, like year mm-hmm. is that I, I, I for sure identify as a straight male. But I identify as a straight male that is um, becoming exceedingly more uh, lenient in terms of my boundaries of what I am comfortable and not comfortable with. Which is admirable. Yeah. And it's, it's been this, it's kind of been a, a bit of a trip. And, and I feel like uh, my, so I host this other podcast for those of you who are listening and don't know, Sick Boy Podcast. And, plug. Uh, thank you very much. You can go uh, listen to it at iTunes or on SoundCloud. We're on After Patreon this. as well. Um, but uh, Brian and Taylor, the, the co-hosts of that show, um, it sort of became a, like a running joke. Like, oh, Jer is, is like a little bit, a little bit gay. And the joke was that I have this feeling of like, I love sleeping with people and how great would it be if I also loved sleeping with men because it would just open up so many more opportunities um, to like engage with other people and like find love in other people. Um, but I just can't get past like the D I can't can't wrap my head around the D Um, you got to get all over the D I know, Um, I know. And that's an issue. You got to wrap everything around that. Um, (laughs) I remember listening to that podcast and it was like, how gay is Jeremy? And you turned out to be like 4% gay, which is heartbreaking for half of your fan club. (laughs) (laughs) Like like, I was just devastated and I was like, all right, well we, maybe we can get it to 40. So Mm. it's like, how can we tenfold that? But. Well, and but and then but there has been a little like the plot kind of thickened because uh, the other night I was out at a party and I ended up uh, you know making out with another boy and I really enjoyed it. It was really fun. He was a grown man. He, he was, was a grown man. A he was boy. Not a boy. <laughs> <laughs> there was a boy at a birthday party. He was a <laughs> ghoul. Yeah, once the clown left, oh, uh, shit. <laughs> he was the clown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes. Um, uh, uh, but it, no, he was a grown man and, uh, he was not, he was, and here's the other thing is that he wasn't, uh, my typical kind of like, if I was to say, I find this person attractive, I find this person not attractive. Uh, I, I he wasn't, I didn't find him, he, he wasn't my type. We'll say, we'll put it that way. Right. That's fair. Uh, but he was a great kisser and I enjoyed the experience. So that being said, if he wasn't your type, did he pursue you? He Oh, big time. Yeah. He By was the a, sounds of it, it was quite a seductive, while well, you were like reenacting it. To oh me, yeah. I was totally like, yeah, he was, he was, he and surprised. I bet that turned Brady on so much. No, totally. He seduced <laughs> the fuck out of me. He did. Um, but I feel like Good we job, should team gay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, thank you. Uh, uh, well, thank you, Ian. His name was Ian. He was a, he was a good looking guy. Um, but uh, I think we should just talk about. So the other night we were at a party, yeah. my birthday party. Happy bir- belated birthday. <laughs> thank you. Wish I remembered being there. <laughs> <laughs> and you. My word, Andrew, you were just, you were putting the moves on me. Can I just do a disclaimer? <laughs> yes, please do. So I had four beer. Oh, wow. The, yeah, cystic fibrosis. Yes. I had four beer. I'm not going to lie. I, 
I don't remember much past one. Everybody after that party was like, Jeremy, how strong was your beer? I, well, I have a, like a pretty lady friend and I would like get up and socialize and I would leave my beer with her. So, um, in retrospect, I was like, maybe I was just drugged. Like maybe someone went to date rape my friend and oh, I wow. was just, oh, oh, that. Whoa. cause I was like, I was like, I have never blacked out off of four beer. The last time I blacked out, I was 19. I'm 26 now. And yeah. I like literally, like I was just like out of control and so aroused. Wow. But I mean, I could blame it on cosmic energy. I could blame it on G, um, but <laughs> whatever it was anyway. So, uh, but I remember Jeremy, as soon as I walked in, Jeremy's like, we're not kissing. <laughs> and to me, like in gay, in gay boy ears, you hear, bring it on. Wait, I yeah, said, I said that? I said, we're not kissing? You said it a lot. Oh, maybe yeah. I was, maybe I was. He was, he was trying to bait you and for maybe sure. I was. Which is fine. And like, the funny thing is, is like my best friend, I was like, yeah, like I've had this crush on Jeremy and I'm going to his birthday party and he kissed a boy last week and he liked it. And she, uh, she was like, yeah, well, uh. Whoever can get to him first. And so, nice. Cause she, okay, and that's the other thing is she was very aggressive as well. She's good at it. She yeah, does. She, she does it. But it's a little bit much. And we looked. We looked at each other and we were like we got to dumb it down a bit. But oh, we man, enable yeah. each other. But it was it was fun. Um, there's a side story to that. Um, back to when I was a bit more coherent around four in the morning. But um, but anyway, no, it was it was a good time. But because uh, the two of you were trying to get me to go back to your place to fuck both of you. Yeah. But don't worry, we found someone else. Oh, <laughs> yeah. sweet. Oh, let's hear about it. Yeah. Well, who did you find? Um, this friend of mine is quite open, and right. she has a few lovers. Okay. And so we just stumbled across her friend's place, and um, we s- were sucking his dick, and I touched a vagina for the first time in my life. Hey. Wow. Yeah. There you go. Was How, that weird? Can I? I'm like, my gay ego is like really, really inflated because um, I had like a finger in there after a while and <laughs> got it in and like, I've heard horror stories about fingering. <laughs> like I feel like out of all of the fingering stories I've heard, like 90% are terrible fingering stories. There's been like the one, one good one. And then she was like, oh, and she was calling the other guy's name. And she's like, that feels so good. I'm like, it's me. It's like, (laughs) gotcha. Yeah, so good. So I'm like, I'm going to keep going. But anyway, it was was a good time. And like, I've, so like winding back to this whole identity thing of like, I've been so, um, like I've identified as label as gay. Yeah. That it's just easier to go with that momentum um, to the point where like, with enough practice, you're like, well, why break that? Like, and um, There's obviously so much science and philosophy on sexuality, so it's hard to pinpoint in in a yeah. podcast interview. No, wow. but you know what? I think that you can you can kind of speak for yourself, though. I mean, yeah. Like, I, do, would you say that you're you're sliding a little bit more now towards the feeling a little bit more bi curious? Totally. Yeah. And I've wanted to be for so long. I've but, wanted to be too. But I'm also bi bi fearful. Like, I'm right. like I'm scared of it. Obviously, there's there's the stigma of bisexuality. Like, basically, I feel like you're you're, you have to choose. Like, there's this age where you're, like, prepubescent, where yeah. you're like, which which fork am I going to take? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And most people take the straight fork. Which is so fucking dumb. Yeah. And then it's they can the be like, well, thing. if you're bi, you're just confused. You need to pick one. You're easy. Mm-hmm. You're slut. But at the end of the day, I I honestly feel if we reconditioned ourselves and we were all open-hearted and open-minded, there's no reason why we couldn't all fall on that bisexual right. ske- spectrum. Well, here's the, some, here's the thing, is if you have to choose, yeah. and I enjoy making out with guys from time to time, if that's the thing that I start doing like on the regular, yeah. does that make me not straight anymore? Bridie. 
No, I no, I, I mean this this is like the reason, one of the biggest reasons that I wanted to this time around explore an open relationship because I I was fascinated by the idea of so I was like kind of a like I found myself at this show, at this concert, watching this girl on stage and she was playing guitar and I was like, She's so hot. Should I say it? Incidentally, it's the it's incidentally incidentally it's the, the girl who does the theme song, song to, to, her to our podcast. But I <laughs> she is. I was so scared you were going to say your sister oh, no. for a second. Oh, oh God, God. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> um, anyway, so I had this thought, and I I was like, well, how interesting would it be if none of my relationships, friendships, marriage, <laughs> people I date, um, whatever, were limited by in any way. And I could express my feelings toward them in any way. Like there's someone like, I'm sure I'm in love with this person, but I don't want to have sex with them. Or I like really like hanging out with this girl and I'd like to hold her hand. But I, you know, like I'm not really interested in Do you know that over whatever. in India, it's like a big thing, guys. I, I've never been there, but to me and Taylor and Brian were talking about it. Like it's huge in Asia and in India for men to just like hold each other's hand when they walk down the street. Huh. And like until like, they find an alley to suck each other off. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, but, but like seriously. actually just like hang out and be like, hey, it's let's such hang a out beautiful and hold, hold hands. And that's the thing is it's like it always turns into like, what does this mean? Or it gets complicated. And and I feel like everything culminates to this. I don't think it this. has to mean that much. No, exactly. Right? And it's like, or we've all heard like the bases and the dates. And it's like, you're yeah. kind of scheduling in and it's like, all right, third base on the third date. And and so it's like, you end up opening up your scheduler and you're like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready to have sex. I'm going on the fourth date. I'm already one date behind. And and so if it always, if, mm. if it, <clears throat> if it just accumulates into having to have sex, then obviously you're going to withhold on those other things of, of holding hands or, or even a kiss because mm. that's all it means. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now we did kiss for a brief moment the other night. I don't know if you remember. I, okay. I remember aggressively approaching you and then a person said it needs to be gentle. That's right. Yeah. yeah Becca, a uh, girl that I'm dating actually stepped in and was like, listen, Andrew, you need to like, just be a little more gentle. And, but you did, you did get one. You did lay one on me. And, uh, and, and I uh, don't even remember. I know what you is don't even this? remember. You don't remember. But I didn't. Did I not slip you in the time? No, no, you did not. Uh, okay, no. Good, good yeah. job. I would suggest that, like, on one way, another thing to add to being gentle is wearing that outfit that you had on the other night that you sent photos to me. The the long in blonde drag? hair. Oh my god! I was like, you're a beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful well, can woman. I tell a little story? Here? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So um, I've been doing drag for about three years. Very casually, like I, it, it starts where I was just teaching a yoga class for Pride Festival, and and uh, but just it's so liberating because I, again, back to identity, you spend your whole life putting yourself in this box of who I am and and this, and then all of a sudden you have this opportunity to be someone else. I mean, mm-hmm. like Bridie, you're both actors, you yeah. both know that ability to channel it, and as much as it's not you, it's therapy. Like you get to channel. So much stuff that you just can't do walking down the street. You get to. It was one of the ma- It was one of the huge points of therapy for me in living with CF. Yeah, is is becoming someone who does not have cystic fibrosis. That's and wild. experiencing yeah. that for whatever the whatever the duration of that show might be an hour, a two hour long show, and being like, well, for these two hours, I'm someone who doesn't have cystic fibrosis, and how fucking cool is that? You know, I totally, I totally. Totally am with you there. Yeah, and with with performing drag, like a huge part of my own nature is attention seeking. Like I love mm-hmm. to be flamboyant. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. 
Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. And I love attention, but there's also a other part of my nature is which is very shy and reserved and and, and quite uh, quite conservative. So having that outlet, there was no shame or no guilt in being a diva and being the center of attention and running the show. And it, it, what there was no second thoughts about is this right? And so as Norma, my I, my drag character, my alter ego, um, it was fun and the, the energy that it manifested and everything that came from it was just completely different. So it's so nice to literally step out of your own bones for a day or mm. your own skin. And um, so um, I took it a step further and there was about a few pictures taken. So I got myself a little Facebook account and hooked Norma up Amazing. with Tinder. I've run into Norma on Tinder a number of times. So I got Norma Tinder, and not like I'm not I'm not lying. I got like hundred. I maxed out my matches in the, in the, in the first day. Get the fuck out with yeah. guys. Yeah, with guys. Oh, wow. So we would chat, and then usually just as things started to build in the conversation, Andrew kicked in, and I was like, "Be modest, be reasonable, be honest." And I was like, "Yo, so here's the deal. This is actually my alter ego, Norma, and I'm actually a man, and I'm just seeing what's out there and seeing what's going in." Most people told me off and said, that's sick. And like, come really? on, what are you doing? I got reported a lot. But honestly, out of those 100 or so people, there were a good like 8 to 10 that were like, so, I'm cool with that. That's super sexy. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah. they're into it. One of them was Jeremy. And Jeremy was like, I'd totally make out with Norma. Man, like, I don't know. And I remember messaging you and I was like, yeah, I was in your yoga class. And the way you touched me, it just chills down my, my spine. Wait, was like, me? Cool. me? Yeah. yeah, we were chatting about that. I'm like, sup? On Tinder? It's Andrew. Yeah. No, what? I don't remember this. No. We matched on Tinder and we chatted. Did you leave Tinder and come back on? Like, would you still be on there if I looked back? No, because so, so many people reported me, I got banned. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I got And blocked. I didn't know? It's that good. Makeup. Oh, I do remember That's that now. Is. That's right. Because this was before you said, I am, I am actually a guy. Because you say it in your profile now, don't you? In your, in your, in your bio? Yeah, I like put, I like put write it, a bunch like, of like shitty things and then like, it's down at the bottom. that people don't read. I do vaguely remember this. <laughs> Can I, we get this far? I also ran into someone who, I won't say their name just, just because, um, you know, just to keep it discreet, but uh, uh, let's say- You're already so good at being gay, Jeremy. Uh, stop it. <laughs> uh, her name was um, Harlow. And I ran into her on Tinder and I, we were setting up a date. We were like, I was like, yeah, cool. I'll buy some ice cream and we'll go like watch a movie at your place. Let's do it. And right before she, um, right before it went down, she was like, yo, I'm, 
I don't know if she said I'm trans <laughs> okay. or what. I don't know what the deal was. Like, cause I don't think she was fully um, trans, uh, but maybe she identified as trans. And it was like, basically the reaction was like, oh, oh man, I'm so sorry. You're like, all in it. I'm all it's in. It. And now that, now that I know that you are, you've actually, you have the same bits as I do. Yeah. I'm really sorry because I'm not going to be able to provide what I had had basically like got you all buttered up for, or take, or give, <laughs> or anything because I'm not. I can't take that package. I don't. I don't do that. Right. Um, so interesting. I forgot all and, about that, Andrew. And but that said, also it's um, and this is something that I just think that could benefit from anyone listening is um, a lot of people are very confused over drag performers, mm, yeah. and and transgendered individuals, yeah. Um, so like I find after like one of the common questions that people will ask after drag when I'm back to Andrew and they're like, so how, what pronoun do you use? Or, and I'm like, I'm a man. I mean, I am, I put it this way. I have a penis and and I also look really good in makeup and heels. Yeah. But I still have a penis. It's just tucked a little tighter. (laughs) So, um, and it all boils down to again, identity. And so it's like whether whatever gender you identify with or whether you're non-binary or whatnot, but uh, it definitely stirs the pot and people are like, so what are you? And I'm like, I'm just performing. Yeah. When I wash my face, I'm, I'm Andrew. But uh, some people, it's beyond just makeup and skin. It's it's their spirit and their deeper. soul and who yeah. they are. And, and the fact that they have breasts or a penis or a vagina or anything, it actually like, it causes a crisis. And, mm-hmm. and I think at that point when, when it becomes... Um, when it becomes that that unnerving, then obviously it's it's beyond just performance. It's it's an identity thing. So. Sure. So let's take it back then. Uh, you know, we're t- we're doing all this uh, talk about identity, and um, obviously, um, well, maybe not obviously, but I feel like a lot of people who are who identify as gay, um, they there's like a moment of discovery or a moment of clarity in that they at one point in their life they go oh. I get it. I'm, I'm gay. Like that's the, that's what, that's what's happening here. That's where all this confusion is coming from is because I'm gay. Yeah. Um, what was your, what was your experience in, in, um, in coming out or finding, like realizing that what you're uh, realizing your sexuality? It was kind of like inside out confusing. Um, like so, the movie inside out. Uh, I'll go home and watch it. It's a classic I, well, it's, I don't think it's, it's a classic, classic yet, yet, but it will be a classic. Great Pixar film. Oh, right. wicked. Yeah. All right. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll check it out. Maybe, maybe like inside out. It very well could be. Um, no. So like, um, I think everyone kind of sexually blossoms around junior high or like age 11 or 12, and the hormones start going and, and you start asking those questions and even, even just who you want to ask to dance and that whole, that first dance, the butterflies and the momentum and that, that, that coming through to, to make that connection is something that everyone experiences um, and is relatively turbulent and exciting and everything, the whole spectrum. But um, so that's when I, that's when I was like, I remember in grade six, I was sitting in a chair and someone came up to me and they were like, Bridget has a crush on you. And I was like, oh my God, I've had a crush on Bridget all year. And then I told them that and then they went and told Bridget. And then so that night at the dance, I asked my mom, who was a teacher, I was like, can I ask Bridget to be my girlfriend? Uh (laughs) And my mom was like, sure. And uh, anyway, so uh, 
Bridget and I started dating, but then I got so scared. I'm like, now what? And so I didn't, we had MSN and we would chat all the time on MSN as friends. But now that we were boyfriend and girlfriend, she would message me and I would be like, I wouldn't know what to do. Yeah, yeah I know that feeling. And then I went to my grandparents. <laughs> I, took, <laughs> I went recluse to the woods and uh, she ended up getting my grandmother's number. And my grandmother's like, Andrew, the phone's for you. And I was, she's like, where have you been? Um, and she was like mad. And so she dumped me. Oh, wow. After two weeks. So I had a girlfriend, didn't talk to her, lasted two weeks. She broke up with me. I was heartbroken. And then, and then so it took me a couple years to get over that. And then in grade eight, I had another girlfriend, but we never kissed. We just would hold hands on the bus. And it was great because I was like, I have a girlfriend. I have the status quo, someone to walk down the hall with or tell my friends with uh, about. But uh, it never got beyond that. Now, in the, in the moments of like um, holding hands or like sitting close to one another, is there any sort of like uh, reaction going on down below? Like, is there like no. some blood flow happening? No, it was all or? in the heart. All, all in the, the head. Heart. Okay. Nothing in the groin. Nothing in the dick. So we're going to backtrack. We're going to backtrack until <clears throat> back to when I was like four or five. Mm. Um, when I was a kid, there was actually a, a neighbor at my family's summer home. He was about seven or eight years older than me. And we'd get together and play video games. And then he was like, hey, there's this thing that adults do. And it's called sex. And I was, I was like, I want to be an adult. And he's like, well, the, the thing about this is that adults don't talk about it. Mm. So if we're going to do this like, we, and we're going to be adults about it, we don't talk. And I was like, okay. So he uh, like whipped out his dick. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. And so um, that was when I was five. And he was like 12 or 13. And, uh, and that was ongoing every summer, every year, up until I was probably like 12. Whoa. Yeah. And like, it's really hard because part of me like wants to make up a narrative, like thinking back, part of me is like, did we fuck in the barn? But I have the sensation and the memory of it and like being bent over and penetrated and basically like molested. But I never felt like violated because it was always like exciting to be an adult. I was like, cool. I get to be an adult. And I like... I didn't really know at that age wow. what it was like to be in love or to be gay. All I know was that I had an erection, a little tiny erection, <laughs> and yeah. I was like hooking up with someone who was seven or eight years older than me. And he would always, he would always penetrate you. Yeah. And never the other way around. Never, no. But I never victimized myself. And then one time I was 12 and he was like about 19 or, and it was like huge at that point. <laughs> and I'm like... <laughs> This, something's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Like something's wrong. Like, um, and so I said, you know what? No, like this isn't, this isn't right. There's too much of an age gap. Like we're on different levels. And, um, and how did he react to that? Was it, was he kind of, did he try clue in and go, no, oh yeah, no, 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 no. He's like, fine. I have other friends I can do that with. And there were, and there were like, he would have his older, like he had a couple of other friends that would come over and we'd all just. Do you think you, like just, just to kind of think about the age here for a second. Like when he started doing this to you, he was 11 or 12 and and you were super young. Do you think he knew what he was doing was um, wrong? No, I was like a really hot five-year-old. And I just want to say, I just want to clarify that that's not, this is not a laughing matter, but that was a good jo- joke. <laughs> I know. Because you said it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, no, in all fairness, I, I, I was attractive and like I was, yeah. I was very free as a yeah. child and I but, never but really But do you think he realized, do you think he realized that at no. 11 or 12 
that he was going, uh, oh, what I'm doing is kind of bad. Yeah, I kind of take issue with your with your use of the word wrong there. And like, do you know? Do you think he knew what he was doing was wrong? Because I get what you're asking, but like, it's so interesting that you were just saying that it's around junior high age that we start like thinking and becoming really sexually aware. And this mm-hmm. is how old he was. And then, and then it was you at that same age that would realize that like the and what you said was the age gap, mm-hmm. not the actual like act of it. And but the, re- I, the reason I said wrong, and I want to clarify this, is that, is that for a 19-year-old to uh, penetrate a 12-year-old, yeah. mm-hmm. that is... I was still hot at 12, too. That is, that is wrong. That is, that is, like, that is, there's our, there are heavy legal, like, legal issues that, that come into play with that, that like, by our social standards, yeah. that is not okay. I'm just well, playing we devil's together, right? Yeah. True, so but, there was, but does it's that not tr- like it's not like a nineteen year old walks up to a twelve year old at the fucking trampoline park. No, you grew, park. you grew up to you grew, we up, grew together, up together. So there was no. But we were it's still, still you know. it's still considered uh, it's still considered rape. Yeah, it's still considered uh, um, uh, pedophilia. Mm-hmm. That would be considered a, a pet a pedophile a, a pedophile and a child molester. If, well, yeah, here's right? the, so that's, that's not, that is not. I just want to I just want to be devil's advocate here because I'm not okay with like child molestation. Fuck no, 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 no. Of course, but, not. it's good to know. But <laughs> like, and I honestly almost never am able to feel compassion for people that have committed those kinds of acts. Yeah. But I find myself listening to you talking about this <laughs> and this twelve year old. Um. And like you said, like you grew up together. It's almost like you've ex- you've experienced like a sexual education yeah. with one another mm-hmm. over a span of time, where it, it's almost become like a habit, like a habitual sexual relationship. Like you said, it was every summer for like many years, seven or eight years or something. Yeah. And so, like, at what point does it? I don't know. I'm just so curious. But like, at what point is it not consensual? This is something that I, I would love to bring up with Dr. James Cantor, who is a, a guest that we had on Sick Boy, who, who specializes in, in paraphilias and sp- specifically uh, pedophilia. Um, because I've never, this is the first time I've ever actually heard of anything like this. And it, we've all seen it in the news of like the 35 year old or the 40 whatever year old or the pastor being arrested for child pornography or something. But when there's that bond that's children running around in the ferns, and playing in the barn mm. and getting together and playing video games. And then it just turns into mutual masturbation and, and oral sex and, and occasional whatever, anal and such. It's just like, it's less jarring. And I think there's a bit more compassion to be like, oh, they were kids. They didn't know any better. Mm. Both of us. Mm. We were both kids. Mm-hmm. But at that point when we started, he was already getting to that age where he was questioning it. But right, it was because also, he was the one that was saying, we don't talk about this. Yeah. And I think the thing was is that he, this was like rural Nova Scotia. Mm. And I, whether he was bi or gay or heterosexual, I think he just felt really alone. Mm. Um, and so, so to backtrack about how did I know if I was gay, I'm still on the fence on was I born gay or was I conditioned to be gay? And did, or was I just attracted? Was I, was I just an attractive entity that he, like, that he was attracted to, that that, that happened? Um, and and was he was he a victim of, of something of prior to yeah to yeah. make that seem like that was a norm or or, or something so it's like you yeah. can only I feel like I can only have compassion for them because it's like there's no such thing as a bad guy everyone's a victim right and and it's like and if you keep stripping back the layers you realize that everyone's been victimized in some way and that often is what puts you on that path 
So, um, so in terms of like, yeah, sexual predator, it's like, you can't just be like, oh, they were born a pedophile. Mm. Well, that's the thing that James Cantor argues is that, uh, and this is, man, we're, we're getting into some like deep territory, but the thing that he argues is that in this, for a lot of people who are pedophiles and just first for a moment, when I'm talking about this, just separate child molester from pedophile, right? Um, because there, there is a difference there, right? Yeah, There's yeah. The child molester is the person who, who does the act and, and actually molests. But a pedophile, just a, just a pedophile, maybe like a non-offending pedophile, he is studying essentially that the, the, his case, he's putting the case forward that it is, it is in the same vein as, as any, other, any other sexual preference. Which is super fucking trippy because you're sitting here saying like, I don't know if I was born gay. I might be, I might be conditioned to be gay. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas a lot of people who are gay are like, no, I was fucking born gay. And they, and they stand very like, you know, they're very strong in that stance. Um, but what James Cantor is, is essentially arguing is that it's pedophiles. Some pedophiles are sent that way because they were abused, but some people are never abused and they become pedophiles because that is just the way that their brain is hardwired in the same way that there's some people who are, can only be turned on by, um, uh, geriatrics or in the same way that there's literally it's called, it's called, uh, uh, um, uh, there's a porn page for it. So I, <laughs> yes, no, there, doubt there, there, no doubt it doesn't exist. Uh, the, or people who, who prefer people that tend to be younger than them, like five, five to 10 years younger than them. Well, so question- it's just, it's just, it's just a fucking interesting thought. Like it's, it's, and you, you, you may be one of the first, um, uh, people who mainly identifies as gay, that I've heard who's said, I don't know if I was born gay. Yeah. I've never, I've never actually heard don't anybody tell, say don't that. Don't tell Lady Gaga. <laughs> <laughs> this is a thing. And I'm, I'm sure it's not just between me and friends, but particularly when I was living in Toronto and there was like a stronger network of, of gay people. Yeah. It's a very common thing to walk down the street and check people out and, and do the would or would not game. But then there's like a hardcore penalty. If when you, that person passes you, you realize they're like 15. Mm. Um, so down the street you're like oh man like they're good looking like they have a nice build and then you're like oh my god they have like literally three chest hairs <laughs> but that being said I'm sure there's a lot of 28 year olds that have three chest hairs yeah. so you take you take a 22 year old an 18 year old a 16 year old a 14 year old and a 12 year old good looking people that you're attracted to where do you draw the line and on what circumstances <clears throat> that point their- comes in at age it's based on maturity I mean I'm like so the and just so we're all clear here on this, uh, a person who is diagnosed with pedophilia must be at least sixteen years old, um, but adolescents must be at least five years older than the prepubescent child for the attraction to be diagnosed as pedophilia. Which logically is totally fair. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So I mean, there there is a point where it does become wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Not not okay, um, and and. At what point does that, you know, if I'm thinking about this guy that you were, you know, hanging out with at, you know, back, back in the, in the valley or in the, you know, the, in the country, in the country. (laughs) And, uh, it's like, where is he at now? Right. Like what is his, what is his sexual preference now? And is he acting upon, is he acting upon that? And it has, he stuck with, you know, I don't know. And was it ever about like children or was it just about someone who's close to you and you know exactly. some 12 year olds have no idea how much older than they are than some five year olds mm-hmm. like, so mm-hmm. when I was 16 <coughs> I was at my friends um, who was very comfortable with 
Like, you know, when you're like in high school, when you're having that whole like crisis of identity and like trying to find your group that you fit out, fit in with, and you find that group where you can feel like you're being real and you're learning about yourself. Um, we, I don't know how it came up, but I ended up telling her about this. And for the first time ever, like I've known about this, I've thought about this, I've spoken with the person that, that I did the dirty with. It just rolled off my tongue so wrong mm. that I just broke down and mm. I just like lost it and I like collapsed to the floor and I was bawling and I felt like victimized and I felt raped and molested. Yeah. And for the first time it was wrong. Mm. Other than when I was 12 and I was like, this isn't going to work. Yeah. But I, I just was like, like, again, like maybe like, let's just not do this. Mm. But I never really realized that like that I was, vi- I never felt violated by it. Did you ever talk to someone about it? Like no. in the professional? Um, no. No? Because I broke down for like five minutes, bawled my eyes out, and then I just sobered up. And I was like, I just had this release. And I was like, you know what? I'm not a victim of this. Like, even though I was manipulated into consenting, mm-hmm. which is not consent, um, even though I was manipulated into it, I, I, I had compassion for him and his circumstances. And I just cho- chose not to victimize myself by it. Um, <clears throat> meaning beyond the facts of what it was. I felt like I had nothing taking from me. Mm. Um, my life was a little different, and obviously it pertains to my sexual identity and my sexual experience. Like, So technically I lost my virginity when I was five. Mm-hmm. Consensually I lost my virginity when I was like 11 or 12, which is still quite early, because like I had already like mastered the blowjob by 10. No, <laughs> but like it's just like, so I, I had this kickstart to sexuality. Um, but consensually, I lost my virginity at still quite an early age. But there's a lot of 12-year-olds that that have sex, like, you know, mm-hmm. sometime between that that gap. But, um, yeah, I never really saw it as a bad thing, but I definitely wanted to talk to this person and tell them that I felt like it was wrong. For the first time in my life, I was like, it's not just that it's not working anymore and that, like, <laughs> your dick's too like big. you're breaking up with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, or anything like that. It's just like, I can't. I don't think I can trust you knowing you're around children. Mm. But then my friend also who I broke da- like broke down to and confided in, she's like, you need to tell the police. Hmm. But it's like calling, that's like, he was one of my best friends as a child. Like, do you want to put your best friend in jail and ruin their life? And yeah. um, I, what didn't, did you do? I didn't want to. So I talked to him and I just said, um, I don't think I'd be comfortable knowing you're around children. And he's like, what do you think? I'm a pedophile? Like, blah, blah, blah. And he was clear and reasonable about it. He's like, like, he's like, it was just something fun to do. Like, it was just something fun to do. We play video games and get off. Like, you're kind of overthinking this. And I'm like, well, yeah. But like, I was like, are you attracted to children? And he's like, no. Like, I'm a grown man now and I have a girlfriend. And I was like, okay. Um, and I was like, I just like, I was really conflicted. I told him, I was like, I don't know if I should go to the police. Or if I should just tell you that I felt like what I did was wrong. And he's like, well, you're the only person I did it with. Right. And um, and then that was the last time I spoke to that person. Hmm. And so part of me, I'm really on the fence because mm-hmm. I'm like, is that person, I know that person doesn't live in the province anymore. Um, and part of me is like, is that person across the country free to violate other people? Or because of me, because I didn't mm-hmm. speak out, or is, he, is that person living a normal Was it just a one normal thing life? that yeah. happened and because of the circumstances, yeah. Exactly. And I want to give faith. Mm-hmm. I want to give faith to that and, and just hope that that's how it, how it 
the outcome of it, but but by God, if I ever hear about it in the the, the news about this yeah. person doing something, then yeah. I'll be they'll be the first to testify against it. Yeah. Right? But I, I mean, you know, uh oh fuck. This is whew. I okay. So can we? The reason that you well at the point that in our conversation where you brought that up, we were asking Jeremy had asked you if you felt anything below the belt when you were like holding hands with girls and yeah. stuff. So yeah. So when I when I was doing that and I had my girlfriends, I was also hooking up with men. Well, boys, right? Um, guys, <laughs> boys to guys to men, um, <laughs> and uh, and it was so fun and taboo. Because I'm like, on the outside, I have a girlfriend. And then I'll have sleepovers with my boyfriends, and we get off. And that's when it felt real. Huh. Um, but, but then my head was saying, no, this is wrong. Mm. Not because I have a girlfriend, but because I was gay. Right. <laughs> and uh, even my mom, God love her, she's so sweet. Your and mom like, is the sweetest in, fucking woman on and the like, planet. Yeah, and fast forward to today, like my mom's so happy that I'm gay. Yeah. And, and she'll like, <laughs> I even had to tell her, I'm like, you need to stop introducing me as your gay son. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, this is my gay son. Like, he picked my outfit. Do you like it? Um, but uh, I would come home for work and she'd be like, how was your day? And I was like, oh, it was really good. Like, um, in class we like made art and she's like, Oh honey, your wrist, you've got limp wrist. <laughs> so she would like, <laughs> yeah. But then on the other hand, she would hand, hand me, uh, she would send me off to sleepovers. And then, uh, so like the mom hosting the sleepover and she'd be like, all right, kids, time to brush your teeth. And I'd be like, Oh, let me run and get my cosmetic bag. And, uh, they're like, uh, it's called a shaving kit. And I'm like, no, no, my mom told me it's called a cosmetic bag. And she's like, that's for women. So I was like, I don't know. Mom, like, as much as you're looking out for me, I'll just fuck me up. <laughs> so, so I had my cosmetic bag and my stiff wrist, and I went off on all my little hetero dates. <laughs> so it was, it was a confusing time. But then I met this one person in junior high. I had, uh, I had a lot of girlfriends and a lot of girls with crushes on me, and I went on my dates. And, but I had this one person that I just connected with so much, and we're still friends now. And we went to the grade nine prom together. And we were pen pals and we'd write together and MSN together and mm-hmm. whatnot. And so fast forward to today and she was like, I knew you were gay and I just wanted you to have a safe space. Um, but, but because of that, there's like, we have this friendship. And so it was funny. She knew, she knew from the get go and she's like, I still liked you. Mm-hmm. I didn't make out. Like I, I, she let me touch her boob once. Nice. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, put that on the list. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it's like I had I lived two lives where where I had my girlfriends and so outside no one had to ask and I and they were always like the popular girl, the sweetheart, the ambitious one, like it was like no questions asked that they were a catch. Like but then I had my secret life of being like, yo, you want a blow job? <laughs> I'm really good at them. And uh so it was weird, but so I think in high school I made a pact and actually, one of my teachers that I met up with um, a couple of years ago said, you were great at high school because you never had a click, and you always had people guessing. You wore just jeans and a college shirt. You weren't a goth. You weren't a drama kid. You weren't a band geek. You weren't a Frenchie. You didn't have any identity. He was like, like you were gay, but not really gay, but kind of gay. Yeah, exactly. And she, she's like, you had everyone guessing, but not labeling. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of like scapegoated my way through high school just bare minimum, keeping busy, um, having a little friend in this in this social group, this social group, this social group, but never really identified with any particular social group. Um, but I remember when I was graduating in grade 12, I was like, I'm gay. 
and I'm okay with that. But I'm not going to go out and tell people. If, and then I decided on graduation day, which was also my 18th birthday, I said, if anyone asks me that I'm gay, if I'm gay, I'm going to say yes. Hmm. And that was like, which I think is, it worked really well because coming out, you're like, you feel like you have to tell people. Mm. So that was kind of like a nice happy medium of like, I don't have to tell people, but if they ask, I'll be honest. Do you remember um, who the first person was that asked you? <laughs> um, yeah. One person in high school asked me every day <laughs> and they just came out last year. <laughs> He's like, if you are, I am. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, and I would like, I would be like, no. And then I'd like leave. Thank God it was a big school. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so high school was when I like identified right. as gay. Mm-hmm. But again, the track record is, was more so homotastic than it was hetero. <laughs> um, Super interesting. It Does was. It, it was it, fun. But then the best part is, pardon me, two months later, I packed my bags and moved to Toronto. And then I was like, really? You're like, hello? Yeah, exactly. I yeah, didn't right. see a vagina in like months. Like, so it was, <laughs> yeah. and I, I lived, even on Ryerson, you're right on the end of church, which oh, is the yeah. village. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, is no that why you chose asked. Ryerson? Um, maybe subconsciously. <laughs> <laughs> maybe subconsciously. But honestly, I was really into the program and uh, I just wanted to get out. Mm. I just wanted that fresh start and mm-hmm. to, to be able to do it because. Whether you're gay or straight or anything, your sexuality is such a huge part of your identity. Like it's people like it comes up more probably more often than we're actually aware of, of like our preference, yeah. our experience and, and our comfort level in talking about it. So we definitely identify to that. So I was like, cool, get to let go of all of that shit and move and start fresh. And I fell in love and um and uh and just had a great time, but I was gay. And then so now here I am, 26, and I'm like, am I really gay? Or is this just, again, habit? That's kind of exciting. So I touched my first vagina two nights ago. Oh, yeah. So and I nailed am gay it no too. more. And nailed it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, um, so, so, yeah, like one of the first things you asked is, do I identify as gay? And I think I don't want to. And I don't, I don't take pride in the community. I take pride in the movement. I take pride in the fact that so many people had to fight for and lost their lives for love. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think love is so much more than your identity. I think, I think it's who you're, you truly are, not who your ego scrambles to be, mm. um, and unconditional love. So that's why I support pride, is, is so that anyone can be whoever they are, not just gay or bi or anything. So um, I have a hard time justifying being in a gay community because I'm like, I think we're beyond that. I think mm. we don't have to huddle up, huddle up in the corner anymore. I think we can go out and be more than gay, right? And, and, so, and it is like when people say, oh, my gay friend, I'm like, ah, yeah. how, about, how about your kind friend? Or like, mm. I want to be so much more than gay. Mm. Yeah. And I'm sure most gay people are ready to be something more than just gay. I love well, that. Well, fuck. Uh, I, is there anything that we didn't touch on that you were really hoping we would? Because yeah. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I mean, Bridie's pretty far away, but I think I can get my foot over there. I've been making eyes at you the whole time. I've been sitting here oh going, God. Andrew is real fucking attractive. He's a good looking guy. I'm, swe- I'm so sweaty. I mean, it's just. I love it. Remember, I have the biggest crush on Bridie and Jeremy. 
And well, can, that might make this might make you feel uh, make make you feel nice. But remember earlier when I was saying I, I kissed Ian, and he's not really my type. And you thought about me? Well, no, uh, no. I just <laughs> don't stop putting words into my mouth. <laughs> just uh, throwing words in their mouth. <laughs> just throw it in the mouth. Um, but when I thought about what is my type, y- you are you would be the the t- you you're like uh, makeup and your stature and your hair uh your, or your hair. lack of hair um is what it that would be my my type my body you type. like the smooth boys oh man all right that's super i'll go home smooth. and nair my whole body for you Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean but like not twink like as in like not twinks though you know what i mean like yeah, yeah like you know I, I need some like meat on the bones too you know i love how like physically oriented you are about it's it very you it's very bod it's very specific perfect <laughs> it's very very specific that's hilarious well that's good i'm flattered <laughs> and there, there are many people and i mean bridie you're sitting on a pedestal over here you've got you've got jeremy oh gosh and, and, and likewise yeah I, we got you guys each are other. like biggest hashtag power couple uh <laughs> That uh, I've had the pleasure of meeting. So I guess we should an, stay married just a little bit. It's just an a honor. little bit longer, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, but like fuck around and talk about it. Like, yeah, exactly. No, no secrets, but man, you like, I don't know. I think, that, and I think there's so many like individuals and couples that can look up to you, inspire to you, and I hope that they find um, that in this podcast that you guys are having. Like, it's, it's such a good liberation. Cool, Thanks. man. Well, thank you for that. No Thanks for coming in and sharing all of that with us. It was, it was fantastic. Yeah. My pleasure. I really love you. How much do I owe you? We'll invoice you later. You brought right. a beer. That's Sweet. fine. I pay sexual favors. I mean, <laughs> I uh, I'm sure the currency is a little lower with this <laughs> slutty show, but <laughs> uh, that is it for today. Uh, we will be back next week with another uh, interesting and fascinating conversation. Uh, but until then, go fuck yourself. That's right. Go fuck yourself. Uh, talk to you guys later. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.